live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. They spiked it on first down, wasted that. Right. Did I lose you both? Good Lord. All right. This is the Press Box. Did we just lose Tyler? Oh, okay. Yes, it does. It looks like we've lost Tyler and uh, Ed. Well, this is good. With Grainy and Bischoff. Oh, it's great, Jared. On ESPN Las Vegas. Oh, thank you, Jared. I'm an idiot. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back music for yourself. You missed four days. People don't care about you that much. You are back. Ed, Tyler, and here he is, Jared. Yeah, back. Come on, no. That's like the most energy you've had in like two months, so. That's why you go on vacation. Well, normally I'm sad when I come back from vacation. I'm excited the day before I go on vacation. Oh, no, I genuinely the whole time was like, man, I could be doing something productive. No, terrible. You went to the beach. You're supposed to just sit there and do nothing. Is that what you did? Nothing? Uh, from what I remember, yeah, there was a lot of nothing, a lot of tequila. Was I, this a family outing? No. No, this was me by myself. This was solo? <laughs> yeah, this could have really? been bad. And you got this back? This could have been real bad. I, I am actually shocked he's back. Oh, I <laughs> thought it was like family and I would help him on the plane and they'd get him back and <laughs> no. all of that. I'm shocked. This genuinely could have been, Ed, I'm in, I'm in a Mexican prison. <laughs> Well, kid, uh, it's been nice knowing you. I can't say who, but someone that had something to do with the radio once gave me that call. That they were in a Mexican prison? Yes. You're not going to tell us who? Yeah, no. No, no. no it's Are they their still business. with the radio? I can't say that. Oh. <laughs> all say. right. All in on Greg from the morning show. No. No, it wasn't him. All right. I have a guess. I think it might be kind of obvious, but. Couldn't say. All right. But if you get the during the first break. bite. <laughs> uh, I'm already in mid-season form. Is Max Crosby more important than Derek Carr? I'll tell you what. Uh, I just don't think, I don't know what you think. I don't think they're sold on Derek Carr yet. <laughs> so, but I do think they're sold on Max Crosby. So Vic Tafer of The Athletic, uh, he wrote about Max Crosby and said the Raiders... We're working to make defensive end Max Crosby one of the highest paid defensive players in the league. Contract extension talks have begun and are going well, according to league sources. And this is what I thought was interesting, the way Vic framed this. There is a very good chance Crosby will get a new deal before quarterback Derek Carr. Both Crosby and Carr have one year left on their current deals. Crosby's is a rookie deal, uh, so he's not getting paid very much. Carr is scheduled to make 19 plus million this year. Um, I find I mean, it interesting that he that he framed it around the idea that Carr or that Crosby's going to get his extension before Derek Carr, and whether intentional or not, that makes it sound like the Raiders think Max Crosby is more important to this team's success. Than Derek Carr. Yeah. I keep thinking. I saw that, and the first thing I thought is they're not sold on Derek Carr. Now, let me ask you this. Derek Carr's extension, let's say he get, does get extended for, I don't know, $35 million a year. Not 40 but $35 million a year. I thought they had to maybe take care of him first to see what they could do with other people, but I guess not. I don't know. It depends. I guess it depends <laughs> on what Max Crosby is going to make, right. right? And that's the other interesting part is Max Crosby is going to be a high dollar player, right? Vic Obviously, writes, yeah. Vic writes, make him one of the highest paid defensive players in the league. So 
at the edge rusher position, the highest paid guy on on a average salary basis, average per year, I should say, TJ Watt, twenty eight million per year. I would be shocked if Max Crosby got the highest edge rusher deal. Yes, but yes, we're still talking 20, 20, 22, 22, yeah. Somewhere, yeah. somewhere in that range for if Max top, Crosby. If he's top five, right? And obviously, that's not thirty-five or forty million like Derek Carr. But this is quarterback, edge rusher, and what wide receiver? Wide receiver. Those are the three yep. highest dollar positions. And so, this isn't giving Hunter Renfro an extension and paying him thirteen million a year, whatever Hunter Renfro ends up getting. Right? It's not a medium or small extension. Crosby's going to command a lot of money. And the Raiders are basically sitting here saying, we've got two guys that want extensions that would cost us a lot of money. Let's do Max Crosby first. And that's fascinating because here's the other part of this. Are we sure Max Crosby's that good? He was really, really good for one year. Like really, really good for one year. If you look at it, so just as pro football focus grades by season, rookie year, 61st. Second season, there were some injuries, 81st. Last year, second. Mm-hmm. That's a that's an unbelievable Trump. rise yeah. for Max Crosby, right? If he is, in fact, a top five edge rusher for the next four to five years, you absolutely well, are him. locking up Max yeah. Crosby, and you honestly don't care too much how much you pay him. But I'm not convinced he is. Like, I'm, I'm not convinced Max Crosby's a top five edge rusher. I think he's going to be a good edge rusher for I the next too. five years. I think we're talking about a top, you know, 15, 20 guy for sure for the next five years. I'm not convinced he's a top five guy, but if you lock him up to 22 million a year for the next four or five seasons, you're saying you believe he's top five. And so that's the fascinating part is I don't know that Mac Trosby has proven that he's that Mm. good yet. And again, sacks are not the only thing. Max Crosby was top five in pressures last year. That's generally a better indicator, but Crosby only had eight sacks last year. Like all the pressures he had didn't translate to a bunch of sacks. Like you would expect from a guy that you're about to hand $22 million. million. So it's fascinating that a new coaching staff, a new general manager would come in and basically say yes to Max Crosby. We think this guy is legitimate because that means, and I'll make one other comparison to Derek Carr for you right now. They walk in, and every time they're asked about Derek Carr and an extension, what do we hear? Well, we got to get to know him. Right. We got to know how he's going to work with us, how we're going to work with him, what what needs to go here. They already know Max Crosby well enough to do this, but they don't know Derek Carr well enough. Maybe an extra dinner with Max. <laughs> I I just I think I think this says a lot more about Derek Carr than Max Crosby. You think so? If they, well, if they think he's a top five edge rusher, like you said, if that's what they believe, whether he is or not, they they believe it. They've seen it. They've talked to people, watched the film, seen him, knew about him coming in. Okay, then he can prove you right or wrong if you give him twenty or twenty two million dollars. But to continue to say they've got to know more about Derek Carr, I just don't know how much they believe in Derek Carr. Who, I, I who think this says priority? more about Carr. Who would be your priority? Carr. You would you would be yeah, trying who's to figure your out quarterback. Carr. Yeah. So the other part of the quarterback conversation that's interesting, and and this to compare it to defensive end, right? Quarterback, you only get to play one at a time, right? There's only going to be one on, I mean, well, you go sign Marcus Mariota, but usually there's only going to be one on your roster that's any good. So there is the potential for quarterback movement this offseason, right? Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson at the high end, but also Jimmy Garoppolo, Carson Wentz, the other end. There's going to be rookie quarterbacks, right? There's some potential for quarterback movement. 
And if you're the Raiders, if you're McDaniels and Ziggler, and for whatever reason you're not sold on Carr, or it might it might just simply be they're not sold on him as a $40 million quarterback, right? right. They might be sold on him as like, yeah, you want to pay for $20 million, $30 million, fine, but not $35, $40, whatever that is. But there are potentially other options, and you only get one. Whereas a defensive end, right? Vic Tafer made a good point in his story. The Raiders already have three edge rushers in the top 30 among highest salary cap hits for this upcoming season. It's okay if you go out and spend more money on an edge rusher, right? Because you're going to play multiple edge rushers over the course of over the course of a game, over the course of a series. Whereas at quarterback, that's not the case. So you really have to be sold on one guy at quarterback. Whereas edge rusher, you can give Crosby the extension, and it doesn't really change what you do at that position. Whereas at quarterback, if there's a better option out there, if like imagine hypothetical, McDaniel's thinks Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Derek Carr. Right, just hypothetical situation. Right. He thinks Garoppolo is better than Carr. Garoppolo is going to be available. Then you're probably trying to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. So if there is a quarterback they think is available or could be available, that's better than Carr. Then you wait on Carr, right? And if we get to whatever the end of the draft, June, something like that, and there hasn't been significant quarterback movement or they miss out, all right, here's your extension, Derek Carr. We're happy to keep you now because we missed out on guys we thought would be better. That's the one. That's one of the main differences in quarterback and edge rush. You can lock up Max Crosby now, and it's not gonna, it's not gonna change much. If you lock up Carr now, he's your quarterback. Yeah, you're not, you're not, and all of a sudden, somebody Aaron Rodgers is right. like, well, then, I want to go to Vegas. Right. You're kind of. I mean, you could make it work, but now you're eating this whole bunch of dead money if you do that. So that's that is another difference of quarterback. But do you think? This has any impact on Carr and like his feelings toward well, I the think new as staff. days and weeks and months go by, he's getting more and more antsy, probably upset. Um, I know his I mean, I know his agent wants to get this done as quickly as possible. That's the agent they always want to get things done as quickly as possible. Um upset in terms of he's gonna come in mad. If Crosby, if he's not extended. Oh, right. you mean if Crosby's if Crosby, extended today. Basically, if the Raiders say Crosby is the priority, Derek Carr is not, which is what they would be doing if right. Crosby if they, gets an extension right. and Carr doesn't. Like, if we get past the draft and Crosby has one and Carr doesn't, they've basically said Crosby's the pri- yeah. uh, priority and Carr is not. I wonder how Carr reacts to that. Because here's my belief is that if Derek Carr gets his extension, he's fine. No, no matter when it comes. I totally agree with No that. matter who. If Crosby yeah. gets it and then... It takes two months and Carr finally gets his. I think Carr's fine. I don't I think that's going to matter. But if he doesn't get one and he looks around and says, well, wait, you extended the guy who had eight sacks last year? Like you gave him, a, he's now the third or whatever. Well, that, should tell you what they, what that, that should tell you what they think of you. Then I think Carr might look around and say, well, hold on. What's happening here? Right. Right. If, if he doesn't get one at the end of the day. So fa- I, I think it's a, a fascinating way to look at it and, what would be funny is if Ziggler and McDaniels aren't looking at it as Carr and Crosby at all. They're just looking at it as two separate things. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're like, well, they like Crosby a lot more than Carr. So we'll see. I don't know how much they like Carr. I really don't. I, 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 I don't know if they're holding out to really make him play on that last year. We and listen, we've talked about it. That is far and away the best option for Ziggler and McDaniels. There's oh, no doubt about it. The last yeah. year, sure. That course. is the best option for those two. It's also potentially the worst option for Derek Carr, right? If you're Carr, you you, you want to cash in, right? You want to you want to sign a big deal. So it's potentially the worst deal for the actual quarterback, but the best deal for the team. And if I'm McDaniel's and Ziggler, I'm I'm still probably doing everything I can to 
wait on Carr's extension. If I can, if if I'm McDaniel's and Ziggler, and I can get one year at 19 million to see how Carr looks with McDaniel's, that is absolutely worth it. Because again, if you extend him right now, what are you paying him? 35, 38, yeah. 40 million dollars. If he has an amazing year under McDaniel, then that's fine. Great. You've got yeah. your quarterback answer, even if you have to pay him $45 billion, $48 million, right? Even if you got to pay him more, it's worth it to find out what Carr looks like under McDaniels. If he sucks or if he's just sort of the same guy, you might say, all right. You've we, had your year. Right. We, now you know him. We want to do better, right? Or you proved you're worth $30 million, So here's your $30 right. million extension, whatever that ends up being. All right. Coming up next, Jack Eichel. Hey, that guy's kind of good at hockey. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Brady and Tyler Bischoff. Jack Eichel arrived. We finally get Ooh, Jack Eichel. There he is. Scores a game-winning goal with 5.9 seconds left to save the Golden Knights from yeah, going to overtime against Otto. You believe in him now? <laughs> I believe he's a good hockey player. So, okay, here's the thing with you Eichel. You didn't before? <laughs> it sort of did. It's similar to when they first traded for Mark Stone. It's very obvious he's better at this sport than pretty much everybody else on the ice, right? There, there's like four or five plays a game where you're like, oh, yeah, he's he's just better than anybody else that's out there. This has also been a little bit of an issue with Mark Stone in his career, and maybe it's been a little bit so far for Eichel. Granted, he's played nine games. It doesn't always translate to goals. Like, Eichel will make terrific plays. Stone will do it, too. Great make passes. Great plays. Great plays. Great passes. And they don't end in goals often enough. Like, you know, Eichel has got three goals, three assists in nine games. That's not bad, but I think we are expecting Eichel at some point to be a, you know, point-per-game type of player. They did result in a goal in the biggest moment last night, right? They score on the power play. Jack Eichel with a tremendous shot off of a long rebound from a long ways away, right? Like, if that can happen more where Jack Eichel making a great play actually leads to goals, then that's going to go a long way. Otherwise, we're just talking about, oh, he made a great play to carry the puck into the zone or he made a great pass that didn't end in a goal. That's going to be the issue. And that's been the issue for this franchise in the postseason is, oh, they're playing well. They're just not scoring enough. But if you can score at the end, that's pretty good. Here's a question for you from last well, night. Hold on just a second. Okay. How, much, how much is that also other people with Stone and Eichel? They make the great play and well, playing with Max Pacioretty. Come on now, if you can't do it with Max Pacioretty, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, is it on Max Pacioretty? I don't think so. No, well, yeah, he's I mean, hurt all the time anyway. Well, that's true. Pacioretty has not been he's out there this hurt. year. I will say, yes, yeah, so far for Eichel, it's been a lot of like Nick Waugh and Evgeny Dodonov. It's yeah, oh. so maybe a little bit. Okay, the fourth liner. What's more important, or what's the more important takeaway from last night? That the Golden Knights beat Ottawa and they got two points. They added two points in the standings, or that they needed a final goal in the last ten seconds to beat the nineteen thirty and five Ottawa Senators. I think the latter. Forty something shots, and they needed Jack Eichel. And Jack Eichel's shot got fortunate with the bounce, by the way, on the rebound. But he oh, still yeah. made the shot. He still made an incredible shot. But forty something shots, and they and they were almost there, five point nine seconds away yeah. from going to overtime with a horrible team. They were. If it wasn't for a Jonathan Marchessault breakaway off the worst Eric Branstrom shot you've ever seen, they Eric don't have, took a whack at it. They don't have a goal going into the final <laughs> no, ten Eric, seconds. Eric took a whack he at did it. shot it into about seventeen player <laughs> <Yes>. skates, <laughs> and it rebounded out perfectly for a Jonathan Marchessault breakaway. And then Branstrom had he did not make any good effort at actually stopping Jonathan Marchessault. Yeah. And Bradstrom's fast, and yeah. he didn't. He just kind of no. lagged behind. 
And that, that was the only goal this team had against one of the worst teams in hockey for 59 minutes and 54 seconds. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not ideal. I'll argue the opposite. I think it's important they simply get two points the rest of the way. That make the playoffs, don't be a wild card team. That's that's the objective from here on out. And if that means... To win the Pacific? I'm, no. I'm not even saying win the You're Pacific. You're saying be second or third don't, against the Kings. Don't be a wild card. Right. Make the playoffs. Don't be a wild card. If that means you got to score a late goal against Ottawa, fine. If that if, if that had meant they had beat them in overtime or a shootout, fine. Just get two points against Ottawa so you can make the playoffs and not be a wildcard team. Because again, the general expectation here is that once this team is at least closer to full health, health. they're a contender for the Stanley, Stanley Cup. Cup. Right. They're not close to full health right now. We don't. They might not ever be. That's sort of the problem here. Is they might not no, actually happen. No, not back on IR. Right. He's on IR. It might not actually happen that they get anywhere close to full strength. But assuming, making the assumption that they only have one important player out in the postseason or two, right, instead of five or whatever it's been, they're a Stanley Cup contender. And so for me, yeah, it's, it was not good. You're playing Ottawa. You they got steamrolled in the third period. By the way, oh yeah, Ottawa, Ottawa was, had the first Ottawa, ten scoring chances yeah. of the third period. 10-0. Got hammered in the yeah. third period. But to me, doesn't matter. Just win the games, get as much as you want, get as many points as you can. Don't be in the wild card spot so you don't have to play Calgary or Colorado in the first round. And that's that. That should be good. Their power play kind of sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, he, he needed a terrific shot just to get out of that one. So here's some fun stats. Since Jack Eichel joined the team, actually playing in games. This is league-wide stats for the Golden Knights power play. They are 31st in goals per minute on the power play. 29th in expected goals. So it's not just like a run of bad luck where they just can't finish. They, they're actually not creating here because they're 30th in high danger chances and 28th in total shot attempts. The power play since Jack Eichel has been here is awful. And if you look at just when Jack Eichel's on the ice, the of the 15 most used players on the power play so far this year, when Eichel's out there, their expected goals, their actual goals, their total shots, and their high danger chances, 13th, 14th, 14th, 15th when he's out there. So when Eichel's out there, the Golden Knights power play is not good. He has not alone made it better. Now, again, Keegan Kolasar has been playing. I was just going to say, you know play. who's on the power play? It's not Keegan a full Kolasar. strength power play, right? No. They're very beat up. But. They've been beat up this entire year. It's not like we're comparing this to two months ago and they were full strength and ready to go. So Jack Eichel has not made the power play better. Just his presence alone. He scored last night an important goal on the power play. But overall, Jack Eichel has not made this power play better. And I'm, are they going to actually be a good power play at any point this year? Are we talking about a good power play in a long time? Right. Are we talking about a postseason exit where right. the power play like last year has an unbelievable right. drought? Yeah. I mean, I, I, if you look what they've done, I don't know. Even after last night, I don't even know how you can say it's going to get better. Now, it's going to get better when Keegan Colasar is not on it. It will. I mean, and, Mark Stone's and out there, instead of, Stone Stone there instead of Keegan Colasar. Mark Stone instead of Keegan But they, they've, been, they've been bad on it for a long time. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to flip a switch and they're going to suddenly have a good power play. Yeah. I think they're too timid on the power play. I mean, I, well, Eichel talking about just non-power play, but just in zone, that they were too predictable. And I would have to imagine that carries over to the power play some yeah. too. When you're in the offensive zone, Jack Eichel thinks they're too predictable. That's a problem, right? And especially when you don't have, like how many players, is Eichel the only player on this team that you would think could actually just take over in the offensive zone? 
Yeah, because Stone, like you said, I I think Stone's an, an incredible player. But just like Eichel, when he's out there, he's not scoring goals. Right. He's not scoring goals. He's he create for other, every everyone else, and he's really good defensively as a forward. But he's it doesn't. Tra- we saw in the playoffs the last year, two years. It doesn't translate right. to scoring. And like Patrick, a tremendous shot, but he's right. not a creator no. in that sense. Right? He's a one timer. If you're what if if you're too predictable in the offensive zone, right? Like Jack Eichel says, a lot of that's going to come back to well, how many guys can actually do something creative in the offensive zone? And Eichel might I don't be the know. only one. Other than Eichel, who can? Right, there might not. Is be, there anyone on the Misfits? Right, there might eh, maybe I mean, combine there. There, there are together. There, there are moments where their passing is right. is tremendous. Right, right, and that's that's probably they know each other. right, and that's probably the best thing the Golden Knights have when they're fully healthy is their passing in the offensive zone can help make them more creative, less predictable. But as far as just one guy that's that's good enough to do something, it's Jack probably, Eichel. probably the only one because Max Jack or Mark Stone doesn't do that. Max Pacioretty doesn't do that, and even Mark Carlson Smith, they're not. They're not like tremendous in zone playmakers. They're much better in transition, right? Those three are very good in transition in terms of their passing and knowing each other. Like the history of this organization, those three in transition has been good. When William Carlson scored 43 goals in year one, the Golden Knights were crushing it in transition. I don't think I'd have to go back and look. I, I had some numbers. I I feel like they don't get nearly as many transition chances now as they did. I think the Misfits seem to. Maybe year one. They seem to be the only one. Now, granted, they're the only actually put together line at the moment everything yeah. else is well we can play nick wall on the first line Didonov's how where he's supposed look? to be now yeah. if not if not up in the press box well max patcheretti comes back and you can move evgeny Didonov away <laughs> so good thing max patcheretti's back which oh okay how worried were you eichel scores the goal he and patcheretti celebrate oh and patcheretti first basically thing I of. basically Grab tackles the, the guy by the neck first thing i thought so of. you have eichel yeah Surgery, surgery that has no one's ever had as a hockey player. And Max Pacioretty, he's had three different injuries this year. They're both crumpled in a heap yes. on the ice after. First thing I thought of is why did you why did you <laughs> grab that guy by the neck? Grab him by the chest and lift him up or something like that. But why would you grab him by the neck and tear him down to the ice? That oh. was that was scary. That we're gonna guy. have we're gonna have two one upper body one lower body injury and they both miss the next week of games. Tonight in Philly, uh, <laughs> listen, uh, these guys have now gone on IR. <laughs> or we'll get the the typical uh, like the tweet from all the writers. According to the NHL website, Max Pacioretty and Jack Eichel are both on the IR. <laughs> all right, coming up next, Mike Gravala joins the show. This is going to be a very important discussion with Mike Gravala. He's never seen a steak that is too gray. He once ate half a box of Cheez-Its for lunch and finished off the other half for dinner. He has eaten exactly one taco in his life. He is Mike Grillmala. Have tacos changed that much since I tried one? All right, this is a very important edition of Mike Grillmala joining the show. He went to Albuquerque to cover UNLV New Mexico, but, you know, UNLV didn't show up for half of that game, so that's not important. What is important? is that Mike Ramallah took his first visit to a Waffle House. Um, first off, Ed, you have been to a Waffle House once? I've been before? to the one he was at one time. It's the only one, one time. I've ever been at. Okay. Um, I feel like Jared and I are Waffle House... Um, Aficionados. Sure. That, oh, you've that, been to a lot of them. Oh. oh. 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Absolutely. Okay. I've only been one. So, uh, Mike, you tweeted out after visiting Waffle House that you almost had a Karen moment. Please tell us what happened when you went to Waffle House. Well, it it wasn't a, a food related uh, incident. It was a, a service related incident. Oh boy. Uh oh. Which so um, I guess to, to start. So I, I walked to this Waffle House, which is uh, about a block away from where I was staying. And it looked great. Like I walked in, and it was, you know, the I it was the kind of place I wanted to eat at. So I was excited. Um, so I put in my order. Hold on, what, what was the order? Well, first off, I walked to the counter, and the it's the I I tried to place a to go order. So uh, I said, you know, give me a, a waffle, some bacon, and toast. <laughs> and the woman takes my order, and she writes it on a scrap piece of cardboard paper yep mm-hmm. which i've never seen before it's waffle like, house yeah that's what happens most most restaurants have like a ticket nope. or you know some something that they're writing it on but no it's just a loose piece of cardboard she asked for my phone number i said oh it's a little weird but here yeah here's my here's my cell number and then she says okay that'll be five minutes would you mind waiting outside so i said ah that's that's fine i guess you know i'm thinking i so i'm standing outside i guess you know covid rules or something not that there was any there was no one in there but I was like, okay, maybe if to go orders, you wait outside. So she says five minutes, and I say, I'm thinking that's that sounds a little quick to me, but maybe that's their thing. Maybe they turn <laughs> yeah, around and walk home really quickly. So I wait five minutes, and you know I don't get a call, of course, because you know they're not going to call me. She wrote it on a loose piece <laughs> of paper that you know, of course, went nowhere. So after ten minutes, I go back in there, and I'm like, hey, I put in an order. Do we know what what's the status is with that? And uh, she says, oh no, we we didn't get that order. Uh, what do you want? So I said, okay, let's try this again. Uh, waffle, bacon, toast. Toast. So she writes it down on a piece of cardboard paper, which I'm assuming is the same piece of paper that she wrote the first order on, um, and says, okay, that'll be 10 minutes. Uh, wait outside. I said, okay. <laughs> so the time, the, the time doubled. The time of the order doubled. But uh, this time, you know, she takes my phone number. I said, this time I'm sure they're going to call me and not leave me standing outside like a jerk. So 20 minutes pass, and I don't get a call. <laughs> and so at that point, I just left. And I was very angry because I was waiting for 40 minutes, and I got nothing. And I'm staring at an Applebee's right across the street. So I just left, and I went to Applebee's instead. Did, wait, that was my experience. Did you Did you pay? No. Okay. All oh, right. I tried to. I tried to. I I gave them my, when I ordered because that's how most normal places would do it. She wrote down my number on you know the back of a pizza box, and I said, "Here's my card." She didn't take it. She said, "No, just wait outside." <laughs> so I don't know what was going on at this Waffle House. I was very upset. Um, if I had gone in the second time, if I had gone in, you know, after waiting the second time, I would have. Pro- I might have been tempted to say, like, "Hey, guys, like, what's going on?" Where's my like, toast? I've been here forever. No one has come in or out since I left. Like there's, <laughs> there's no line to get into this place. That doesn't appear to be um, very happening. Can we get a waffle on the waffle iron and uh, into a bag for me? Uh, I'm pretty but, sure what you did was walk into an active crime scene, and they just wanted to get you outside. But I, but I resisted. Like I, I kept my composure. I went to Applebee's. I got some chicken tenders, and that was that. I did. After um, cooling down a little bit, uh, I, I gave Apple, I gave the Waffle House another try after the game. So I went there at like 1 a.m. because it was 24 hours. 
Yes, it's walking. Oh, uh, you went. Yeah, you went back. I saw the picture. Yeah, and that's what people said. You know, you'll have a better experience doing it at one a.m. Anyways, so I did, and it went much uh, smoother. There's a new crew in there. Uh, it was late at night. There are other customers there, so I assume that they uh, they were getting their food as well. And I did get my waffle. I got my waffle. I got bacon, and I changed the toast to a hash brown. Wow, oh, that's wild. which I didn't. I didn't really like that. I took a bite and I I left that alone. But the waffle. It was a good waffle. Okay, hold on. All right. We, I got a lot of questions. I'm assuming the second time you actually ate at the restaurant. No, the second time they it was to-go only. They had all the seats closed down. Oh. I wanted to. My plan was to go there and eat in the restaurant, um, but they were, I guess, to-go only at that time of the night. I will. I will. Maybe I shouldn't say I'm an aficionado. I've never had Waffle House to go, I so I can't help you with that experience. Okay, so the food you got. You thought the waffle was good. Yes. Okay, so we get it. We get an okay. What's your normal affinity towards waffles? Do you like them or not? I do like them. Okay. Uh, so that that yeah, wasn't that wasn't like a crazy new experience for your palate. No, no. Okay. I don't go nuts for a waffle, but it was it was good. Why did you not like the hash browns? They're just shredded potatoes. It was too potatoey, <laughs> in the in the sense that. They had whatever they did to what? um to, to cook it, it changed the, the texture and the shape of it, but it still was it still tasted like basically like a potato. Did you get them covered or smothered? You you know the answer to that, Jerry. <laughs> I know. You know there no. was no smothered, covered, diced, all the seventy four different ways you can get a Waffle House hash brown. You know it was a plain hash brown with nothing. It was else. it was a plain hash brown, there was nothing on it, but still if you cook it as a hash brown, it's supposed to taste, you know, not like just a, a fried up potato. Well, right. The, the whole the whole point here is at Waffle House, you get them cooked with other things added into it. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to go for that. I was <laughs> trying to keep it simple, also for their sake, because the, I don't know what was going on there. Like they had such trouble get you know doing it the first time around. Um, they couldn't make toast the first time. All right. So the second time, I was like, hash brown, okay. As long as I got it, it was okay. You could have gotten them smothered, which is with onions. Covered is with no. cheese. Chunked is with ham. Um, no. Diced is with tomatoes. Uh, peppered no. is with jalapenos. Uh, oh, God. Oh, I've never seen this one. Caped is with mushrooms. Oh, I haven't seen that one either. Yeah, and by the way, you can get all of these together, together. too. Yeah. You can get smothered, covered, <laughs> diced, chunked, and taped. Uh, there's topped and there's country style as well. They're, like the whole point of Waffle House hash browns is that you get them with smothered, covered, diced, chunked, whatever it is, uh, and you didn't do any of that. No, half of that stuff is not even breakfast trimmings. What? I'm not going to go near like a, to- a breakfast tomato or breakfast mushrooms, that- jalapenos for breakfast. Like I'm not even a, even like a, a breakfast for dinner scenario. I'm not going to get. Jalapenos on a on a waffle. What about gravy? Who would? Did you do gravy or syrup? I mean, we know or the answer, we know the answers. No, but like gravy Nothing. is a breakfast. Did, did you have to stand outside on the nighttime as well? No, they let me stay inside. I don't know what was going on <laughs> at noontime at this waffle house. It was the craziest experience. Like I, I'm not getting across like how strange it was for them to. I was just standing outside waiting for them to call me on my cell phone to tell me that my food was ready, which I've never experienced before um, even during covid times so i don't know what was going on um but the second time went much smoother so i, I guess it's the kind of place where you you go at 1 a.m and try to you know 
try to avoid it during all uh, normal operating hours. All right, I gotta I gotta take uh, cause with you, and I, I I'm not happy with you at all because earlier in the day you made a choice to go to Fuddruckers, which is one of the all time best restaurants, and you didn't even like it. How can't you like Fuddruckers? It just you could get the plain burger, plain fries, and just like a soda or a shake. Well, I, that's the the thing. That's exactly what I ordered: the the burger and the fries, which was you know okay. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't good. It was it was all right, um, but the soda machine was not working. And like I I ordered my soda, they gave me my cup, and it was all like just that soda water. Yeah. You know, like there was no syrup in it, so it was like malfunctioning, and there was no one attending to it. And so for me. You know, that's you're not going to get a good grade if you don't give me a soda. So, what, what the general theme of the trip was poor customer service for Mike Gravala. Yes, and I'm, and that's why I said like I, I didn't have a Karen moment because that's not me. I'm not going to, you know, uh, attack a service person because God knows their jobs are hard enough. Um, so I'm not going to go in there and rant and rave because I've been there for 40 minutes. I'm just going to leave and go somewhere else. Would you have um, left? If you had, would you have left if you had paid? No, I would have gone in and made a scene. Oh. Ah, which, there it which, is. I, which I've never done. I've had scenes made around me, but I would have gone in and I would have really said, like, hey, uh, is my food coming out? Like, what's going on? Um, but no, no. When you went back at 1 a.m., did they write your order on a piece of cardboard? No, they wrote it on a real like, ticket. <laughs> I, I don't even think those people place. work there in All the right, afternoon. I'm Googling that, whether or not that Waffle House got robbed. Yeah, exactly. I don't think they even worked there. You think that was like the robbers? It's, that you think the real something. employees were tied up in back and the robber was taking my order for appearances? <laughs> I mean, that, that's literally, that's the only thing I can think of as far as, oh, yeah, we didn't get to that. No one has come in and out in an hour. <laughs> that's the part that had me like, fuming the most. Because I've restaurants, they take your order on a ticket, they give it to the cook, and we all know what that looks like. They rip it from a notepad. <laughs> that's what waiters and waitresses use. They don't use a piece of a cardboard box that they ripped off, like a loose piece of, uh, like a book cover, and then just scrawl your your order on it. And then when you come back, they flip it over and write your order on it again. So I was, yeah. So I was. I that mean, was the issue. It wasn't the food. It was. It was that. My general experience with Waffle House is the cooks literally just yell what food yeah. they need at the co- or the waiters at the cooks just yell it. They don't actually give them paper. They just I would have accepted it. that as well. That's like old school <laughs> diner stuff. And at least I would have known that there was something, that there was a chain of command in place. And my order was uh, going up that chain. Like, I, I would have been okay with that, too. What I wasn't okay with was, was, like, just writing it on a piece of, like, math paper, like, scratch paper, and then doing God knows what with it, and no one ever sees it again. Why so, did they keep sending issue. you outside? Is the part that I'm like, there was a robbery going on. Uh, did you see another person in the another employee, or was it just the person that took your order? It was the cook and the person that took my order, okay, and so there might have been another was employee a that I didn't see. The second okay. time I went in, I counted. There were two people at the counter, which had about 10, 10 open spaces, and there were twelve booths, and there were three occupied booths. So they were, you know, nine unoccupied. And there was no one in there, so I don't know what. I, I don't know. I don't know. I I would try it again. Maybe not at that location, but if I was in another city with another <laughs> Waffle House. It was good enough that I would go back again. I'm glad you like the waffle. I love their waffles. They're very delicious. All right. He's Mike Gravala. See, Mike. No UNLV questions? Not no. Yeah. Uh, not Why? the way they played. They, they were terrible. Game Horrible. didn't matter. Waffle House, way more important. Do you want one? Do you have a hot take for us before we let you go? 
Uh, I, I don't have a hot. It's uh, not a hot take. Uh, I would be worried about them based on what I saw in that in that game. They're definitely not good enough to think that they can flip a switch and just win. Um, so that was concerning to me. But other than that, no meaningless game. Meaningless game. All right, he's Mike Grimala. There's your hot takes. Enjoy Waffle House, everybody. Hey, Thanks, guys. Oh man, I didn't get the waffle. Well, the one him being there. sober is also oh, yeah, part of the problem. That you didn't get no. the waffle at Waffle House. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, which what, what 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 is that? Bacon and eggs. Yeah. Well, okay, that's also that's fine. It's called Waffle House, not Bacon yeah. and Eggs House. <laughs> well, a fair amount of the ones that I've been to were Awful House because the W had been burned out for five <laughs> years and they just didn't bother to ever replace the lights. I don't think I've ever been to Fuddruckers. Oh, mm. I love it. You said it was like one of the best restaurants. It's okay. Okay. Little chicken sandwich with the shake. I, he shouldn't have gotten a soda. They're known for their shakes. Does he drink shakes? Uh, he likes dessert. He has ice cream. But he, I, likes, he likes desserts. I know he's. He said last week he's not an ice cream guy. Oh well, then he shouldn't get the shake. <laughs> <laughs> They're homemade ice cream shakes. Coming up next, why are the Angels so poor? Tatum's got Seth Curry on him. Now the ball comes to Tatum. Tatum pulls up at 14 feet. Jumper got it. 51 for Jason Tatum. Who's the big brother now? It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Well, good morning to the NBA in the front page. Also, we're going to have some tickets to the Mountain West Tournament Championship game to give away a little bit later in the show. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And about a week from now, we're going to have a bracket challenge on our website, lvsportsnetwork.com. You can't. Fill it out now, obviously. There's no NCAA no tournament bracket. bracket. We don't know who. But in a week, we're going to have a bracket. Uh, there's going to be a prize package worth uh, $1,500 uh, that you can win. So lbsportsnetwork.com is where you'll need to go in a week or so to fill out your bracket. Now, a little bit of baseball news because I thought this was fascinating. Evan Drellich of The Athletic had a report. These four teams opposed Major League Baseball owners increasing the luxury tax to $220 million. Now, the numbers here, just so we know, last year the luxury tax in baseball was $210 million. The players' proposal, they want $238 million. The owners' proposal was to make it rise to two twenty million for next year. These four teams didn't even want it to go from two ten to two twenty, million, let alone the two thirty-eight that the players want. The Los Angeles Angels, the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Cincinnati Reds, and the Detroit Tigers are the four teams whose owners oppose the luxury tax even being at 220. Okay, I see those teams, and I think the first one that jumps out to you is the one that jumps out to me. What is with Artie Moreno? What are the Angels doing? What are the, what, the Angels, I know, have money. <laughs> so what, what, what are the Angels in that group for? Red, small market. Maybe even the Tigers, the Diamondbacks, so that kind of surprised me also. But the Artie Moreno of the of the Angels with Otani and Trout and these guys, what what is he what is he doing? I, I have no idea why Artie Moreno's on that other than to be just a complete cheap stake. I would cheap. assume you would want to, you know, put a team around Trout and Otani and go win yes. something. Like you potentially have in all seriousness, those might be the two best players yeah, in, in the baseball. AL next year if this season happens, right? Yeah. They might finish one, two in MVP voting, right? If Otani has anything like he did last year, and if Trout is, you know, Mike healthy. Trout and healthy, they're probably one, two in, in MVP voting. I don't literally is he a cheap say? Spend what, some what, money. What, what is wrong with right. Artie Moreno? He has money. 
spend some and and put a team around two of the best players in the sport right now. I also very much enjoyed this from Ellen Evangelich's reporting. In bargaining, owners have used the Mets and their relatively new owner Steve Cohen and the Dodgers as examples of teams they're worried about outspending the competition. Well, welcome to reality. They always outspend the competition. What is he talking about? They, the Yankees of the 90s and early yeah. 2000s. When, when have the Dodgers not tried to outspend their competition? I love the idea. We're worried. I mean, what? Okay. We're worried about baseball happening? Here's, here's what's fascinating about this. Because he said in bargaining, which to me says when they're talking to the players about the CBA, when they're bargaining over right. the collectively bargained agreement. Are the owners actually telling the players, <laughs> hey, the Dodgers and Mets are going to spend so much more money than us that it's not going to be a fair sport? Are they actually saying that to the players with a straight face? Because if I was a player and you told me the Dodgers are going to outspend us and win everything, I would look back and say, then spend some damn yeah, money exactly. as well. Yeah. What you, are you talking why are about? You allowing Try them, harder. Yeah, right? Why are you allowing them to do that? Are they actually with a straight face telling the players the Dodgers are just going to simply outspend us and win? Is that what they're saying? Because I would just, I'd be like, what? okay. I mean, if I played for the Diamondbacks, money. I would say, okay, we're in the same division. Why are we being cheap? Right. Spend some I, money. I would almost go, okay, so what you're saying is I should sign with the Dodgers? Right. Every free exactly. agent should yes. go sign with the Dodgers? <laughs> Like you literally just said, oh, if you want to win and make money, go to the Dodgers. Go to the Dodgers. To the Mets or the Dodgers. Because yeah. we're so incompetent, we can't figure out how to do both. Uh, the players submitted a proposal yesterday, and one of the details was, and I find this to be funny, they're offering a drop in the arbitration pool money from $80 million is what the players had in their last offer. So it's a $5 million drop down to $75 million. The owner's last offer on this on this arbitration pool was thirty million. We're still forty five million away. Like and it as, seems like the players are the only ones dropping. As long as they well, the, the owners the have owners bumped it up, up too. They've bumped to it 30? up a few times as well. They, the, their last offer was twenty five, and then it was thirty. So they've bumped it up. But as long as they're still doing five million increments with a forty five million dollar hole, 